Totally done. I am done. Boom. At some point, Joe, you gotta stop. Boom. On my spare time, when I'm not working or doing the podcast, I am Elvis. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Oh wait, that's Ali. My bad. I am a pay-to-play pet. I am a pay-to-pay-pay-pay. A You're a potato. I'm a potato. Potato. I am a pay-to-pay-pay-pay-to-play. Pay-to-play. Mm-hmm. Pay-to-play. Pay-to-play player. A pay-to-play player. Pay-to-pay-pay. Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we're back with a little bit of everything. Boom. Boom. Welcome to episode 18. I think this is another episode where we don't really have an idea of the name yet. Yeah, we'll come up with something, I'm sure. Yeah, normally it just happens. Like, in the middle of the episode, something will just happen and it just sparks it for us. Yeah, if not, we just get creative juices flowing after the episode. Juices, boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how has your week been? Week's been good, man. Honestly, I didn't really play Clash too too much this week. Um, although, did get to get into a tournament, which was really cool, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but that was a lot of fun. But work's been keeping me very very busy this week, so didn't really get as much time to play as I wanted to. Well, that's true. At least you're not coming home at like eleven o'clock yet. That hasn't started yet, right? Well, right. So that'll happen starting in January mm. when I won't be able to like live at all. And I'll just work right. for about 70 to 80 hours every week for about five months. It'll be great. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to have to figure out a fun schedule for the podcast at that point. Yeah, I'll, I think maybe what I'll do is I'll just bring my microphone to work. And then while I'm doing my accounting work, I can just whip out the microphone and we just do the podcast. Right? Nobody would care. Nah, nobody would even notice. Like, nobody who, who would care. At all. I'm nobody. Look at this guy. He's crunching numbers and and he's talking into a microphone. What is he doing? I'm saying, hey guys, guys, just don't mind me. Excuse me. Don't mind me. Excuse me. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> How was your week? I haven't been playing too much, but I have been playing enough. I think. Um, I've been kind of teetering back and forth between uh, Frozen Peak and Legendary Arena, which is kind of mm-hmm. annoying. But I do have to say that I'm getting a lot more confident when I go into the Legendary Arena coming from Frozen Peak. I'm like, like I'm looking at the player that I'm facing and I'm like, dude, I've been here. I'm going to do this. Let's do it. And I just like, you know, I'm not as nervous. My adrenaline is, is pumping, so my heart's going, but not because I'm nervous. So it's a little bit different. I think if I ever make it past 3,100 then I'll start getting nervous. Dude, I totally know what you're talking about because I was actually just thinking about this the other day. The first time, or even the first couple of times that I made it into the Legendary Arena, I, I don't think I actually made it into the Legendary Arena, but I actually just like played a game, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was in the Frozen Peak still, but I versed somebody in the Legendary Arena. Right. And my heart was racing and I was super nervous and like I did everything wrong. But now, like when I go into Legendary Arena, it occurs to me that I'm just, I'm more calm. I don't make silly mistakes and I just focus on the game and my mechanics 
and my normal cycles, which win the games, right? Right. Whereas when you're nervous and the anxiety's going and you just can't, you don't know what's going on, the game's going so fast, you forget all of those cycles. And That's you just true. like make all these silly mistakes. Well, I've found that my hands are a lot less sweaty now that when I play in the Legendary Arena. And it's mainly because we have more confidence. Boom. So mm-hmm. you got to take that momentum, that, that confidence that you've gained from getting there once before and use that to like, propel you further into the game and and that doesn't just work with the legendary arena right like we've had this experience before with other arenas it just took a lot longer to get into the legendary arena right Right. so the first time that i hit the royal arena it was a similar experience i was super nervous palms are sweaty knees knees weak weak, arms are heavy heavy. (laughs) vomit on the sweat already already mom spaghetti (laughs) sorry we just had to throw a little m&m in there but eight mile i i I think the general message here and i We didn't even plan on bringing this up, but the general message here is this happens in every arena. So learn from the battles that you play against people that are in higher arenas than you, especially if they're new to you. Take that experience and use it to move forward. Boom. Boom. She got all... uh, Sentimental? What's the word? Is it sentimental? Is it... I was thinking uh, more like Mr. Miyagi. I've been dubbed wise before. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, uh, <laughs> that's what uh, I'm going with. I don't, so. even, I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, yeah. So there was some stuff that happened in the game this week, as well as within our own clans. So which would you like to talk about first? Let's talk about, let's talk about the game first. All right. Cause the other, what happened in the clans, it's a little, it's a little heart wrenching, you know? So I just, I don't want to talk about that right now it's a little, yeah it's a little, that's true we'll get soon, there too soon, we'll, too soon it is too soon we'll get there so this week right after the balance change i mean we, we we had the balance changes last week um at a very high level quickly how do you think they they kind of mapped out into the game do, do you do you still like the the balance changes we gave them at least an a minus borderline a rating last that's true week. that's true we did do you think that the balance changes that we thought were so hyped up were as hyped as we made them. Yes, I really do. Me do you? Too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I really I do. I really do. I liked changes. it. A lot. I like them a lot. And I, so I've been seeing a lot of cards that, uh, were already good, but now they're just perpetually more annoying. Um, I'm seeing, ironically, I'm still seeing the, um, the miner a lot. I know you haven't really been using him since you had him and since he's been nerfed, but I do see it. Um, I have been seeing the tombstone more often and I've also been seeing the log a lot more. Yeah, that's a good one actually. So I agree with everything you just said. I think the Prince is, a, is being used a lot more too. I mean, it only had a 2% damage increase, but mm-hmm. um, I am seeing that card a lot more and the log is just incredible how much it's being used. Um, I don't necessarily know how much more effective it is or if I really, you know, get scared when it's played, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I do see it being used a lot. You want to know what surprised me actually? What? I'm very surprised with how much the zap is still used. I know. I really thought that nerfing the zap a little bit and reducing the stun duration by 0.5 seconds Mm -hmm. was going to make the freeze come back to life. Mm, That's true. If you remember before the zap was like a thing, mm-hmm. the freeze was the thing. No, you're right. 
And miraculously, out of nowhere, people decided that having two spells in the deck, one being a zap and one being either arrows or a fireball, made the deck incredible. And now that it's gotten nerfed, it's a little bit less versatile, but I thought that it was going to be used a lot less and that people would go back to the freeze. And I just haven't seen it that much. So I'm kind of surprised about it. It's really funny that you say that because I completely agree with you, one. And two, um, with this change, I think, I'm not sure, but I think I have been seeing the ice spirit more often. Really? Speaking of what you just said, yeah, because think about it, the freeze, right, would have been the thing that you thought would have uh, made its appearance after uh, the zap got nerfed a little bit, right? Mm Mm-hmm. What does the ice spirit do that the freeze does? It freezes. For two full seconds. That's a good point. That's a really long time considering that the zap used to stun, which is essentially a freeze. It used to stun troops for one second. Now it's half. So now an ice spirit for half the cost gives you four times the amount of quote unquote freeze or stun. No, dude, that is such, it's, I mean, it's true, right? I mean. And most people wouldn't compare it that way, right? But when you look at it, you might be getting a lot more value out of the ice spirit than you would have otherwise gotten out of it. But I haven't seen so many people use it. But now that you've mentioned it, I'm sure that it's, I'm going to like be conscious of it. Look I'm going to start it. looking for it in yeah. the game now. Look for it, for sure. Because it seems like it would be a very, very good option. It is. Now, on top of that, I mean, obviously, the counterpoint would be is that the zap can be used anywhere on the field. So the disadvantage is that the ice spirit can only really be used wherever you're putting it and it has to make it to wherever you need it to go. That's a very good point. That's the, that's, that's probably the biggest, biggest difference there. But overall, I am super, super, super happy that the balance changes that we thought were good continue to be good. And also, just to point out, we said last week that we loved the Royal Giant nerf, mm-hmm. and it must have been some nerf, because I don't see that card played ever anymore. Yeah, it is I, very rare that I see it. Or I'm, I'm the same anymore. way. Not ever, but I, I definitely don't see it as much. Yeah, no, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I really, really noticed a drastic decrease in how many decks are using it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, this week we got a couple of more, I'd say they're minor game updates. Um, they didn't require any, you know, download to occur. Um, but the two changes yeah, they that were occurred all done were, on the back end, right? So, so the two changes that occurred were uh, one being the arrows that the princess shoots. So the projectile speed of those arrows actually got faster. Mm-hmm. So you remember last week the princess got a twenty five percent reduction in its area of effect mm-hmm. um, damage. Yep. So the radius at which it hit got reduced by 25%. Mm -hmm. With that reduction, at the speed that the arrows were traveling at, troops that traveled quote-unquote very fast could potentially get out of range of the arrows before they landed. Right. So if there were three goblins running forward towards the princess and they were pretty far away, the princess would volley her arrows, but the first or second or first and second uh, goblins might not get hit. Right. They'd so what make they it did through. to kind of right. So what they did to kind of compensate for this is to make them travel a little bit faster to make sure that when she's shooting at something, it doesn't miss them. And right. really, if you think about it, no other card in the game has the ability to miss a target if it throws something at it. Like even the bowler, 
the bowler throws its um its big boulder Mm -hmm. right but it never misses its first target right it always hits the target that it's trying to hit right unless it's not aligned right but it's always aligned with the first target it's mm-hmm. going to hit. It just might not be like uh, it, it might not hit the guys behind it. Or right, something, right, 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 right. Um, so I, I, I really like this change because it they reacted very quickly to something that I don't think they realized was going to happen when they made the, the change to the radius. Yeah. And something else that's really interesting is that and they also made a point to uh, at least reference this. They did not increase um, nor did they acknowledge the increase of her damage per second. That is a very good point. Mm-hmm. So that's a good question, actually. So they didn't increase her attack speed, but they did inc- increase the rate at which it travels through the air. Right. So does that mean that her... What does that mean? Does, I don't know. Does that, does that really not mean that her DPS doesn't get affected? That's the only thing that confuses me. It has to. You would think that, but apparently not. I'm so happy I just melted your mind. So I'm, I'm trying to think through this, but I don't know the answer, but good. Good. Talk it out, bro. What I'm thinking is if she's still shooting her arrows at the same rate, right. But the arrows are just landing faster. They still don't land until she shoots. So she's still shooting at the same rate as she did before. Right. The arrows leave her bow at the same amount of time. So, right. So I don't know if it'll change her DPS. But also confusing because damage is dealt when the arrows hit the ground. So which is happening quicker. Right. So it really doesn't make any (laughs) sense at all. Like we could talk about it all day. I really don't get it. But we'll just say, okay. Yeah. Maybe the answer is it seems longer. Nope. You can't you can't even try and justify that. We need need my mind. (laughs) Somebody somebody is gonna listen to this cast. And they're going to know the answer of and provide course. us with this, like, algorithm of and formula. Course. I can't, and they're gonna be I like, can't wait. Are you guys kidding me? You couldn't figure this out? It's going to be the most <laughs> obvious answer. Yep. <laughs> it's like, of course it's faster. Sorry, it's late. We're kind of dumb right now. So we'll just go with that, right? We need someone of much higher intelligence. Correct. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just going to go with that for now. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next change... Um, is something that I'm very, very excited about. So what they wound up doing was originally, uh, every two weeks when the season reset, it would take anybody from higher than 3,000 trophies and reset them back down to 3,000. Now, at the end of the two weeks, they changed it so that it's going to reset everyone who is above 4,000 trophies back down to just 4,000. So now, how do you feel about this? I am in your boat, Rob. We are paddling we are, to the same we are place. We're paddling to the same place. Yep. I mean, let me ask you a question. Shoot. When you were when you were in the legendary arena, mm-hmm. like you said, every season ends every two weeks, mm-hmm. right? When the season ended and you're a lonely level ten at call it three thousand trophies because the season just reset. How excited were you when the season reset to play any games? I refused to play at the beginning of every season. Right, because there's an opportunity for you to play a game versus a level 12 with almost maxed out cards that has an incredible advantage over you and is obviously just going to steamroll you. Right. To play versus you, whereas before they were at like 4,200 trophies. So... What it did is it caused a very 
I'll use the example of a bottleneck. Mm-hmm. It caused a bottleneck effect where everybody was just making it to the, the 3,000 trophy count range. And it caused a very difficult challenge to kind of get back up in the ranks. So what would wind up happening is the season would reset. I would be too afraid to play for the first week because the people who were up at 4,000 or 4,200 trophies were reset back down to me and I didn't want to play them. Right. So it kind of de-incentivized me to play the game. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, if I'm at 3,100 trophies at the end of the season, you don't got anything still, to worry about. And I still get my, my legendary trophies. So the, the, anything above 3,000, you still get credit for in terms of legendary trophies at the end of the season. You just don't get reset unless you're above 4,000. See, that's the thing that confused me when it first happened because I was unsure whether that would work that way. And to me, it seems like now, if you're in between 3,000 and 4,000 trophies, you have the potential of gaining cumulatively a lot more legendary trophies than somebody who is technically a lot higher than you above 4,000. No, because legendary trophies are based off of a... 3,000 or higher. So even if that person that's at 4,100 gets reset down to 4,000, they're not only getting 100 trophies, oh, they they're getting get 1,100. Right, so they still have 1,100. Yeah. Oh. So, so what you're thinking is, you're thinking that the reset counts towards their trophies, but in, in reality, it's still based on 3,000. Good, I'm glad I was confused because I'm sure other people didn't know that. Well, the only reason I know is because I read the article and I saw that they showed different examples of what would be. Gotcha. Now, they could change that. I also could have read it wrong, but that, that's just my understanding of it. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing for me with this change is that it makes it so that you have the ability to stay in the legendary arena longer. Also makes it so that you're not constantly fighting to just not go back into the frozen peak. It was ridiculous how often that happened. You're preaching to the choir, man. I am totally with you on this. I I cannot wait to just be in the legendary arena, stay there, and just enjoy the benefits of actually being there instead of trying so hard every single week to just stay in there. After a while, it becomes like a, you know, like I'm butting heads with the game, and it's just it, it becomes a very frustrating battle. And I think this alleviates some of that stress. I completely agree. It was a tiresome grind. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that really does it for the games news. But uh, last week we did invite all of our listeners to join in on our Discord chatter. Yes, we did. <laughs> we had a handful of people join like two days after we released the episode, which was really cool. And what was even cooler was that a couple of them were people that we had interacted with via email correspondence back and forth with. Yes. So now we had a really cool real-time place to talk to them. And let me tell you, our community of listeners is awesome. So cool. They truly are. Um, And I haven't been able to keep my phone charged long enough while I'm getting all these messages, my phone is constantly blowing up. I had to switch it to do uh, only show messages that show the at symbol for me. I had to start bringing my phone charger to work with me. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy. And yep. I have a battery pack on my phone. Yep. So it's incredible. Um, not that it's the, a bad thing. It's so exciting that everybody's talking. It's just, you know, I'm not used to it. Yeah, man, I totally agree. I, th- I think that, you know, we always knew that our community was a, a bunch of fun, friendly um and respectful players and 
the people that we're talking to are exact representatives of that, and it's just absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And speaking of exact representatives of that, we want to take a minute to talk about a recent loss uh, from the Casrael community. That's right. We um, this is what Joe didn't want to talk about before because it makes him yeah, cry. So, so this is still this is still slightly near and dear to the heart. Um, but I think it was was it two episodes ago or three episodes ago that we talked about getting two new elders for we the did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of um, weeks ago. One was Trakor, mm-hmm. and that was in Cast Royale 1, mm-hmm. and the other was Book. Right. So the sad news that we have with this is that Book actually decided to leave the game. Uh, so, so this week he dropped out of Cast Royale 2. He hung up his hat. Hung the hat up, kicked his boots off. <laughs> he stopped fighting the good fight. Yep. And gave up playing. However, he's still in Discord with us. He's still a close friend of ours, and he's still a patron. You know, he's he's he is still a patron, <laughs> um, which is awesome. You know, I don't know how I don't know how long that'll last. I mean, but, we don't expect it to last very long. But the fact that he like made it a point to be like, I'm still a patron, so send me my stuff. <laughs> he did say that he was like, I'm still gonna listen to the cast. I'm still gonna be in Discord chatting with you guys. But he's gonna be getting into some other games. Um, I think he. But, you know what? I think he kind of gra- like so he's gonna hang out in our Discord and just like teach people and give friendly advice. I think. The game doesn't have this title, but I think even though he quit, he got promoted to Sage. Sage? Yeah. That would that would what I that's what I would say would be above Elder. Like when you you want to still bring a lot of knowledge to the community, you are no longer an elder. You are a sage. You are full of wisdom, a beacon of knowledge. Well, Book is certainly a legend in the Cast Royale clans. Mm-hmm. He was the highest trophy count person in the clan for the longest time. He was one of the most active members that we had. He was one of the most contributing members that we had, um, both with his wealth of knowledge and also just his contributions to the game and the clans. Um, you know, we said this a few weeks back, but we want to mention it again. We truly, truly appreciate everything that he's done for us. So uh, if for nothing else, we just want to, you know, give him a little shout out. So for sure. Book. Boom. And. Um, we should, we should also bring up the funness of the elder curse that we have going on over here at Cast Royale. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. We, <laughs> our elders are cursed. It's, it's, it's destined that as soon as you become a Cast Royale elder, you quit the game within yeah, a week. It happens. About a week. It's, maybe it's a week and a half. Un- it's maybe unreal. Maybe two weeks. <laughs> the only, the only lonely soldier who is still standing is good old Trakor fighting the good fight. Yeah, Trakor from Cast Royale 1. So we've had a total of, was it six elders so far? Yeah, they're all, they're all Three gone. Three from each clan. They, they've all taken a break from the game or have quit. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Trakor, I'm sorry to tell you, brother, but the inevitable is probably going to happen <laughs> within a week or so. I hope not. Please don't leave. <laughs> but... That certainly means that I'm going to need to find a little bit more help uh, in Cast Royale 2 because like we said last week or the week before, it's just it's pretty difficult to manage the clans, you know, by, by yourself. So uh, currently looking currently looking for that. True. Um, and actually, one of the cool things that I saw Tracor uh, say in the discord the other day um, was and if anything, this should be an incentive to join the discord. Uh, he was going to let everybody in the Discord know when he notices that we do our purge. 
oh, that's a good idea because then those people, if they want to join uh, the, the clans, they, they'll know like as soon as it happens. Mm-hmm. Or at least cool. close to it. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Yeah. I don't know how much he's going to stick to it. I mean, sometimes I do it while people are sleeping. It's like super late. But, you know, every once in a while could help. Well, a little bit is better than nothing. That's very true. Well, I only speak the truth. <laughs> You're like, Dad, I never lie. I never lie. You got to crack a couple of eggs to make an omelet, Rob. I'm like Abe Lincoln. I never lie. <laughs> Honest. That's Dad. The Honest dadisms. Abe. Yeah, the dadisms over there. I love it. All right. So that pretty much does it for our news and our clan updates. Let's move on to our... <laughs> Deck Spotlight. Deck Spotlight. Boom. Boom. And we have two pretty awesome decks this week. Yeah. This, this week, normally we have three. This week we have two. We had a pretty long episode last week, so we want to truncate this one a little bit. But we also want to give the two decks that we have here some pretty good attention. Because we think that in the current meta, they are very, very solid options. All right, so the first deck that we have up is a deck that we had found uh, online, uh, so we will not take credit for it, but we did think that it fit perfectly with what was going on in the current meta, um, and we have dubbed it Air Force One. Air Force One. <laughs> I'm sure you can imagine why. Yeah. So this is a 4.0 Elixir cost deck, so it's the same cost as Jason's deck, uh, which we talked about in, what, episode four? The Helsinki tournament? Yep, that's right. So this deck uh, consists of the following cards. We have the Balloon, the Baby Dragon, Arrows, Skeletons, Minion Horde, Fireball, Barbarians, and the Inferno Tower. Boom. So the main reason why we're featuring this deck is because the Baby Dragon got a really cool buff last week. It did. And we are starting to see it a lot more in a lot of decks. Mm-hmm. So we decided that what better way to pay tribute to it than to make it one of the key things in a deck, right? Especially with uh, a pretty solid air deck. Yeah, I mean, this is no joke. Mm-hmm. So the thing with this deck is you don't want to be the first person to throw out cards. You want to essentially be playing defense in the beginning. Um, but when you do have the opportunity to make your first push, the first push consists of the balloon at the river, then you're going to follow that up with the baby dragon. Now, the baby dragon, especially with its uh, most recent buff uh, to attack speed, especially on its initial attack happening a lot quicker than its um, subsequent attacks, that area of effect damage is going to help the balloon make it to the tower. Now, one of the fun things that you can do, which you probably would never guess, is this deck also contains the skeletons. Just for good measure, if you need to, you can throw the skeletons um, out with the balloon and the baby dragon. I would probably say closer to when you throw the baby dragon out, because what the skeletons will wind up doing um, is taking care of some of the ground stuff that's uh, shooting up at your air, especially things like... um, what spear goblins the newly buffed archers um things like that obviously you're going to mainly want to be using the skeletons for defense but you can use them offensively in this particular deck um skeletons are going to be used mainly for what we usually use them for um mini pekka pekka prince um really meaty heavy duty um troops you also have 
the Barbarians, which are a one of the number one defensive cards in the game, especially when you are trying to go against a hog cycle deck. Um, dropping down Barbarians, especially in front of your tower, as you see a hog rider coming towards you, easily takes that out, uh, probably in like three or four hits from all of them. Um, it also has the Inferno Tower, which takes care of things like your giant, your giant skeleton. Um, and as we've always talked about before, the Royal Giant, especially since that guy got a slight nerf, um, but it would take care of it like it always would. Your Minion Horde is mainly going to be used for defense, and your arrows are going to obviously only really be used towards going after another Minion Horde or a giant swarm of quote-unquote squishies. Um, we also have probably one of the most versatile spells in the game, which is the fireball, which can be used offensively or conversely defensively. So this is a pretty solid deck. This is a really good deck. And the one thing that I would point out with this deck is, you know, Rob mentioned that the key defensive cards are the Inferno Tower, the Barbarians, and the Skeletons, right? You also said that the Minion Horde mm -hmm. is a defensive card. Yep. The cool thing about the Minion Horde is that if your Barbarians are effectively cleaning things up on defense, mm -hmm. you can use the Minion Horde alongside your other attacking air troops like the Baby Dragon and the Balloon right. to really create a devastating combination for your opponent. Because the only true way to clear all of that is if they have immense amounts of AoE damage in their hand. So if you can bait out a fireball with your barbarians then the only other true answer that they'll have to clean up your minion horde with all of your other with all of your other troops it's is going to be like the arrows or a zap and a witch exactly and a lot of people don't run cards all of like those. that yeah they don't um so i mean you, you, there will be people that have those but there will be people that won't so just keep in mind that you can take advantage of sticky situations um with your minion horde you don't have to use them defensively all the time if your barbarians are doing a very good job by themselves. So just keep that in mind. It's the minion horde is a very versatile card in this deck that goes kind of under the radar, especially if you're not sure how to use them. So, you know, practice with this deck and try and make them work in any way that you can. Yeah, it's true. And then on, on top of that, you'll also have the, uh, the, the very beefy, uh, baby dragon, which is really going to be tanking most of the time while it's going towards the tower. So, um, Honestly, I think that this is probably one of my favorite Balloon Baby Dragon decks that I've ever seen. I think it's the first Balloon Baby Dragon deck I've ever seen, and it looks incredible. It does. I think, I think honestly, the only thing that can make this deck uh, 10 times more devastating is if you throw in a Lava Hound for good measure. Yeah, I just don't know what you take out. Maybe <laughs> you take, maybe it, maybe you take the Barbarians out, I don't know, and you just make it an all-air deck. <laughs> maybe, or you take out the Minion Horde, because it's mainly used for defense, but... Uh, you could throw out a Lava Hound uh, on your own side if you need it to absorb damage or distract other units that attack air as well. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, try our normal Air Force 1 deck Correct. first. Then try Air Force 2. If you're, lucky enough, if you're lucky enough to have the Lava Hound, do what Rob said and try Air Force 2. Boom. Right. Boom. Um, so you have a pretty sweet deck coming our way, right? I've got a deck that that I magically found while I was participating in a tournament. Mm -hmm. And the first place person had a version of this deck that included one other card, which I forget what it was, 
but it, my version of that same card was just way too underleveled. So I made a tweak. Okay. Um, the, the deck revolves around... Ready? Ready? Ready. 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 The Bowler. Boom! Which just so happened to be, one, buffed during the uh, most recent balance changes, and two, it was the incredible card that I got in the Super Magical Chest last week. Right, you got like 19 of him, right? Yeah, I got 20, dude. So <laughs> I literally jump-started up to, up to a level four. It's crazy. It was amazing. So the deck that, that I created slash tweaked from somebody else's deck mm-hmm. is called the Super Bowl. Yes, love it. It is a 4.0 cost deck. And as I mentioned before, features the Bowler, the Giant, the Guards, the Elixir Collector, the Mini P.E.K.K.A., Musketeer, Zap, and the poison. So the strategy with this deck is very, very simple. You don't play the bowler unless you have the giant. You don't play the giant unless you have the bowler. <laughs> so if you don't have the combination of both of those, you literally just play defense with your musketeer and or your guards and or your mini P.E.K.K.A. as needed. Until, at that point, you'll probably get your Elixir Collector out, so you can start generating some resources. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't have the starting hand that you want, which is the Bowler and the Giant, play defensively until you get them. But, if you're playing defensively, don't forget, the goal is to get the Elixir Collector out to make your pushes more effective. Once you get the, the cards in your hand that you're looking for, in other words, the Giant and the Bowler, the strategy is simple. You put the giant all the way in the back. You let the giant walk halfway across the map, and then you drop your bowler behind it. Sometimes I put it behind the crown tower. Sometimes I'll put it right by the archer tower. It just kind of depends on what you're feeling that day. Okay. So as long as it's behind it, it really doesn't matter. What you're going to want to do next is follow up that combination, not right away, but once they get to the river with the, with the musketeer. You follow that up with a poison in appropriate placement so that whatever defenses your opponent's throwing down, whether it's a defensive building mm-hmm. or a bunch of troops to deal with your crazy combination that you have going out the door right now. Right. And the tower. So you want to make sure that you are slowing down and doing AoE damage to defensive buildings, their tower, and as many possible troops as possible. Because the more things that you hit, the slower those troops and those buildings are attacking. The combination of the poison slowing down troops that are on the floor, like barbarians, or a mini P.E.K.K.A., or a musketeer that is trying to kill your giant, along with your bowler, who is pushing them back every two seconds, literally makes those defensive units immobilized. They will not kill your giant, they will not get to your bowler, And then you have a musketeer in the back that's just hanging out, getting ready to snipe some people down. It is an incredible and an incredibly powerful combination. I cannot tell you how many times I've three crowned people with this deck. Because at the end of the day, people don't truly know how to verse the bowler yet. No, it's it's, true. Even when it first came out, not, not a lot of people had it. And even those people that had it didn't have enough of them to play them and understand the mechanics of them so that they knew how to defend against them well. So I find that people don't 
truly know how to place their troops in such a way that it that it doesn't get destroyed by that combination that I was just mentioning before. On top of everything I just said, <laughs> don't forget that you have the zap, which is right. more AOE and more stun. So you not only have a bowler pushing things back, a poison slowing everything in a very big radius down, but you also have a zap, which is stunning things and doing AOE damage in the meantime. So honestly, I played this deck in a tournament the other day, played 15 or so games and went undefeated in the tournament. I stopped playing and I didn't get first place, but, but if I would have kept playing, I mean, who knows what I could have lost a game, but the way that it worked is I didn't lose a game. <laughs> I got close to losing a bunch of times, but this deck really works in the current meta. And I think that it's the changes to the bowler that allow that to happen. So I would honestly recommend everybody who can possibly try this deck to try this deck. So Joe, one thing you mentioned um, previously that uh, you want to play more defensively um, at the beginning to kind of cycle through your cards. Yep. If you uh, don't have, you know, the bowler giant combination that you're looking for. Right, right, right. So the main thing that I'm getting from this deck uh, is you essentially want to be using the guards um, and the mini P.E.K.K.A. when you're dealing with whatever's coming on your side, correct? That is correct. And then, like I said, once you clear out whatever it is that you need to clear out, by that time, you probably either have your combination in your hand or the elixir collector. If you get the collector in your hand, plop it down because that's what's going to really facilitate your push at the end of the day. Right. Now, my question for you is, um, and I agree with the way that this deck is played wholeheartedly, 100%. Um, but what, like for me, like if I'm going to use this deck, Yep. What would I do in a situation where somebody, let's say they, you know, let's say I'm going against Air Force One. What do I do with a deck like this that only has a musketeer? And technically the poison can take care of air and so can the zap, but it doesn't do that much damage. The poison would do more. Right. So you're going to want to not really worry about your bowler as much, mm -hmm. but you're going to go through the cycle similar to what you would have anyway. Okay. Ultimately, you're going to need the giant to be traveling down whichever lane your opponent is, is attacking because you're going to need the giant to soak up damage so that it, your opponent's air troops are not attacking your tower. Okay. You're going to want the musketeer to be dropped alongside of the tower or a little bit behind it, attacking the most threatening air unit coming towards you. In this case, it's going to be the balloon. Right. So... The combination of your tower, the musketeer, and on top of that, your poison, which is crucial in this deck versus air, will not allow the balloon and any of the other cards to get to the tower. Hmm. They might do a little bit of damage, but it will not be devastating. Right. Maybe the balloon would get one hit off. Yes. And if it's going to, you need to throw your zap down mm -hmm. to stun it. Right. So ultimately... If your giant is soaking up damage from the threats that attack troops, that's good because right. those are then not making it to the tower. They're kind of delayed a little bit, right? And if they're delayed a little bit, the balloon that's traveling towards you is going to get closer so that your tower and your musketeer can attack it. Once they're in range, you just drop the poison on everything. The poison is a very, very, very wide radius spell. So you can do a lot of damage to a lot of things. So, you know, ultimately those three cards are really going are, are really what are going to get you to stay alive versus air decks. But to be honest with you, air decks are the number one devastating combination versus this Super Bowl deck. Hmm. 
It well, truly takes timing and placement to figure it out. Good to know. Well, that is uh, that was a pretty good deck spotlight, if I do say so myself. Honestly, I think those two decks are fantastic, considering we only had uh, two of them. I completely agree. <laughs> so with that said, let's move on to our... Emails and reviews. Emails and reviews. We got... Much less this week. But, you know, it, we, still, we still got a good amount. It wasn't in the teens for sure, but it was still a, a lot. Um, yep. I'm still behind on answering them, so <laughs> it's definitely enough. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me if the episode comes out before the response goes out. Oh, shots fired. Sorry, that wasn't a dig at you. I was Low just blow, that was man. that was really a praise for my editing skills. That's all. Yeah, I don't think so. All right, well, <laughs> it's a good cover okay. up for you taking a shot at me. That's all I got. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so the first email up is from J Franklin Six, who writes, "Just started listening to the podcast on episode six now, and it's great. Really like how you start from being a newbie without the smug know-it-all attitude other podcasts have." Send me an invite if you get a spot open in one of the clans. Thanks. So this was a really great email, right? Because when we started this podcast, one, I didn't even have a microphone. Well, that's true. You used yeah. iTunes. You used, uh, you used Apple, Apple headphones. headphones. Mm-hmm. And, and two, we literally were in arena like one. Yep. And <laughs> it was incredible. Um, and to be honest, there weren't many people that were listening to us back then, but we, we, couldn't know it all and to be honest with you we still don't (laughs) no we don't there there are plenty of people that play this game that are significantly better than us and and teach us more than we could ever teach them uh which we're truly appreciative for um but we're really excited that you're that you're listening to the cast that you like the cast um and unfortunately we can't invite you to the clan unless we know what clan you're in and I think like we have to be friends or something. Yeah, and there's like something weird about this game where, of course, you can't search for anyone's name. Yeah, it's actually incredible. Like the only way for me to invite somebody into a clan is if I know what clan they were. No, I, I don't even know. Like, no, it's even it's somebody? even harder than that, Joe. We've talked about this before because we've run into issues where we've accidentally kicked people out, and the only way that we can get them back in is if what? The only way oh, that we can get right. someone back in the clan is if we're game center friends game with them. Game center friends with like, them. what? Because then, you ser- then you don't have to search for their name. They show up in your friends list. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. And that doesn't work for Joe and I because we're both on the beta versions of iOS 10 because we do the public beta. So game center isn't available in iOS 10. It's gone. For just the application. So none of the features work. So, so we can't get those requests. So what we will say, J. Franklin 6, is this. We do our weekly refresh every week on Saturday night going into Sunday. Mm -hmm. Please check then because there will typically be at least one spot open in each clan. Typically. Um, So just check and when you when you see an opening that on that Saturday night, be sure to send your request and also be sure to put the word podcast in the invite. Boom. Boom. Also join our discord. And for those who may not know, discord is not only available for um, mobile devices. It's also available for the computer. So if you do have a computer, you can download the application on there um, and you can get a head start on the conversation. Or if somebody mentions that we uh, did our purge, you get the first to know there. 
And Discord is actually significantly better layout on the computer than it is for the phone. Oh, it's so much better. So you can do a lot more things and it just looks a lot cleaner and you don't have to carry your phone everywhere. So uh, be sure to do that. Boom. Mm-hmm. So the next email that we got is from Micah. Micah or Mika? Mika Micah. So they write, hey, boys, my name is Micah. Mika Micah. My in-game name is Micah. Mika Micah. <laughs> Perfect. And I wanted to say thank you for the great podcast. I listen to it every time a new episode comes out. Okay, now that that's out of the way, if you could have any legendary and you had to build a deck around it, what would it be and how would you use it? I currently have unlocked four legendaries. The Sparky, Lava Hound, the Log, and the Princess. I'm using them all in a deck together. And it is crazy awesome. Once again, thanks for the great podcast. Oh, yeah. And boom. Hog Rider! Boom. So this question. So first of all, congratulations, Mika Micah, for finding four different legendary cards already. Because that's fantastic. It's incredible, actually. Seriously. Um, so which card would you pick to build a deck around? Oh, man. Hmm. If I had to pick one, this is tough because I think first instinct would be the Sparky, right? Because it's just, it's, it's devastating. That's it, right? But I also don't necessarily know if Sparky fits in with a lot of different types of decks. And I feel like my play style is I tend to get bored of things fairly quickly. Sure. Um, Ironically, uh, Purple Flames deck wound up sticking with me and I'm still using it because it is awesome. But I tend to like to make decks using not all of the same cards, but a handful of the same cards because I'm used to playing them. Um, I know the mechanics really well and I know how they synergize with other cards. Yep. So honestly, I think I'm going to have to be a little cliche and say I would probably pick the Ice Wizard. Really? Yeah, I don't. And you would put that in in Purple Flames deck. I think you could. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure where you would put it. Uh, I think it would have to be a replacement for one of my defensive units. So maybe the Barbarians. I was thinking the Barbarians, but I think the Barbarians is a good option because then you can use your because then you can use your Prince still, and it won't be killed by air because the. If somebody drops minions while a royal giant's being attacked, the prince will still attack, and the ice wizard will hit the royal giant, but the splash damage will also hit the minions, and they'll kill him. No, that's true, and especially since I have the minion horde, I can use the minion horde to take out things like giants and royal giants. If you need to. Right, 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 right. right. Plus, I'm also a little weird, and I like to use my prince to take out things like that, too, because it does double damage, so. Mm, Well, so you would go with the ice wizard. I think I would, yeah. I would go with the let's take let's take the minor out of the equation for this. Mm. So if you could have any other legendary, what would it be? It's a hard question, right? It is a really hard yeah, question, man, because the answer is all of them. I know. I know. <laughs> but I, I, I really think that I would given the changes to the uh, given the balance changes that happened last week, I think I would pick the lumberjack. I have the miner already. I know we should pretend that I don't have it, but I think it would be cool to try and build a deck that includes the rage spell without the rage spell. Yeah, that's And I think true. that it would really add a different element to the game that I haven't really played with before 
um, and would be a fresh perspective on the game. So I would pick the Lumberjack, especially because it got buffed and it has the Rage spell. Boom. I think that that's a fantastic answer, and I, I think that that probably would be my second now that you said that. Well, of course. But the little brother never leads. Well, that's why I went second. So <laughs> thank you. So thank you, Mika Micah, for your email. Can I read the next one? It would be an honor for you to read the next one. So the next one is from a person named Digger Derek, who may or may not, should, I, should we say that it's book? Yes, that's the funny part about it. So the next one comes from Digger Derek. Digger Derek is actually a code name for book. Boom. Who is, who is the elder who left the game recently? He wrote us with reasons as to why he left the game, and we thought that it was important to share this with others who might be experiencing something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we go. He writes, Joe and Rob. By the way, I wonder why he wrote Joe first. Maybe because he was in, he's in your clan. Out too. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. We'll just go with that. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. So he goes, I would like to give you my reasons, which are the right reasons why no one should ever spend money on this game. As a player who spent a chunk of change on Clash Royale, I would like to consider myself a bit of an expert and hand down some advice to players who may be waffling on their decision to spend money in the gem shop. I know the feeling all too well. Grinding out battles to upgrade cards and hopefully make it to the next arena. Then hitting a wall when your cards have hit their ceiling and it seems like you're stuck. Whether it be by battling higher level players and cards, more talented players, (laughs) or dudes who throw their wallet into the game, Mm -hmm. the temptation to gem your way to victory becomes ever so hard to resist. I'm going to take some. Here's why you should put the game down before you add to iTunes slash Google Play and Supercell stock prices. Spending the money will only progress you so far. Unless you have $10,000 to throw away, spending a few dollars will never get you to the leaderboards. This game is exactly like an A-frame ladder. At the bottom, it's wide, and as you climb up, it gets narrow and there's less room. There are fewer people at the top because they are part of the one percenters. The progression of cards past level 12 common, 9 rare, and 5 epic is pathetic. The amount of cards and gold required to upgrade here makes $100 almost worthless. The players with max cards have spent thousands to get them, most likely after buying hundreds of giant magical and super magical chests. Your clan can help with donations, but even then, you'll still need the gold, not to mention by the time you get one card able to upgrade, they'll most likely nerf it, making all you've worked for in vain. And he continues with, so say you do decide to spend money and you unlock a legendary or two. It took a couple of hundred to unlock my first Ice Wiz and Princess cards back when they were the only two legendaries in the game. Then, you go back into the arena, and you instantly go up 300 trophies or so. Perhaps you make it into the legendary arena. You will, I guarantee, hit another ceiling, and you'll be stuck there. So, now you're out a couple of hundred bucks, and all you have is a few shiny legendary trophies to show for it. They do nothing for you, by the way. Now what you have allowed yourself to do is get your butt handed to you by higher level guys. If your goal is to simply have fun, then there is no reason to ever spend money on this game. If you have patience, anyone can make it to Arena 9. The cards required to get there and stay there are obtainable without dipping into your 401k (laughs) or robbing a liquor store. Boom. Thank you and keep on fighting the good fight. Your friend, Digger Derek, now officially retired from all Supercell games. Sad. So sad. Super sad, but to be honest with you, like this was such a good email to read for me because Rob, you and I were free to play players. Mm-hmm. And 
on last week's episode, somebody asked us, hey guys, it was Sam, just casual. Oh, right, right, right. He asked us, what would make you go from free to play to pay to play? And we said we really don't think anything would. But even if we were tempted to, reading emails like this kind of put it back into perspective for us. You know, all we want to do with this game is play for fun, enjoy it while we can, and just see how high we can possibly get while having fun. Right. We don't want to start throwing our wallet into the game because our ultimate goal is to not make it to the leaderboards. If I get there, fine. But I want to grow and learn in this game as much as I can. The latter comes after that. Mm-hmm. If I make it high, awesome. Yeah, that's sure, a bonus. It was, sure, it was great to make it to the legendary arena. But if I didn't make it there, would it not be fun? I, you know, I don't think so. I think I would still try and have fun with the game, so long as I'm not having 500 trophy death spirals. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's a, that's a valid point. So, so I, I just think, like, I really appreciated this perspective from the game, especially to somebody that, um, that I really respect his word and, and kind of what he's saying, you know? No, I agree. And I, I also really love the fact that, and I hope everybody took it this way, there's no negativity in this email. He's not angry. It's very matter of fact. Yeah. Um, and he makes very valid points to say that, yeah, you can spend money on the game, but eventually you're not going to progress the way that you would expect to progress after putting in that much money. Um, and the most you're going to have for it is something digital that you can't even do anything with outside of your phone. Yeah. And like we said, we've said this plenty of times to each is their own, right? Everybody's got their own prerogative. If you want to be a free to play player, be a free to play player. If you want to be a pay to play player, do it. You know, there's nothing stopping anybody from doing it, but Mm -hmm. we always share our perspectives. There are, there have been plenty of people that have, that are pay to play that also listen to the cast and we've shared their opinions as well. So this is just another perspective on the game because you guys can make your own decisions on what you want to do, but we're just trying to give you all the information to make the best decision you can. Correct. Laying out all the cards, make the best five card hand. Boom. And the next email is from Holger, who is actually writing to us from Bavaria. Joe, we made it to Germany. We made it to Germany. We made it to Germany. And he writes... As I don't know if you see the German iTunes reviews, I leave you a copy here. I'm absolutely impressed. This is my first English podcast. I hear more than two to three episodes. I'm from Bavaria, Germany. First of all, because of the fantastic podcast quality, not only that you have a good sound quality, more important is that you speak clear and don't disturb each other. More than this, you two end the sentences of each other. The content (laughs) is also good and interesting. And guys... I smile a lot. You are really funny without being quote unquote clowny. I hope to hear a lot in the future and I can't end without, John, I'm going to let you do it. Horada! Boom. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I also will try the fruit and vegetable detoxication. Smiley face. Greetings from Bavaria. Holger. Oh, he also writes, when will the next tournament be? Mm. We don't know yet. We don't know yet, but maybe we'll announce it on the next cast maybe if we figure out the schedules if we figure anything out yeah we never know anything don't forget our podcast is nothing but a hodgepodge a, a gallimaufry <laughs> yeah a gallimaufry yeah. a gallimaufry of everything by the way you know it's cool he hmm. if anything he's trying that he said fruit and vegetable detoxication it's my juice cleanse dude that was from like episode i think like episode three i know that was awesome my juice cleanse made it to germany dude 
not only is the podcast in Germany, but your actions are there now. I know. I'm excited. This, <laughs> you should this be. email was fantastic. I love it. But Holger, thank you so much for your email and, and for writing us a review. Like we said before, it's the number one way that we can reach more people. Um, and we will see it eventually when it comes through. If you left it on iTunes, we will eventually see it. That's correct. And, you know, you, you say a lot of really nice things and we truly appreciate it. We're really happy that you like the cast. And, you know, Rob, he mentions here that we're his first English speaking podcast that he's listened to more than two or three episodes of. I know. And I'm honored. I'm truly honored. Like, that's incredible to me. And so, you know, I just hope that we continue to live up to that standard. And, you know, we keep pumping out great quality casts that way. And also giving you guys the content that you want to hear. So keep these emails coming and keep telling us what you're looking for because we love Taylor in the show to meet what you guys want. Boom. So the next email that we got is from Matt, a.k.a. Dexology. Boom. So isn't Dexology part of your clan he just joined my clan and he's been fantastic from the moment he's been in there yeah mm-hmm. so now we got an email from matt he writes hey guys first and foremost love the pod been listening since you guys launched as i was first getting into the game myself and have loved growing with you guys too i am a pay-to-play player so did go through the ranks a bit faster but has been awesome all the same reliving parts of the grind with that said I recently left my previous clan to join Cast Royale. Aha, here we are. Boom. This weekend, and have loved the move. Although a top 100 NA clan, NA being North America, Mm -hmm. I was tired of the discriminatory and racist comments that were tolerated and was able to jump into Cast Royale no problem. Looking forward to moving forward with the clan and helping out wherever I can. As part of that, I'd love to host a weekly or bi-weekly tournament and call it Tuesday Night Throwdown, or... TNT for short. I'd use gems on my dime, so no cost to the group. Let me know your thoughts and we can coordinate. Thanks, guys, and love the show. So here we are hearing from one of my clan members who is a pay-to-play player. And has no problem doing it. Nope. And is totally happy doing it. Um, and not only are they so happy to do it, but the, you know they haven't left the game yet. So again, this is just another different perspective from another player. Right. I think the biggest thing it, for me was that he said that um, he came from one of the top 100 North American clans, which isn't that crazy. Like, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's so cool. Yeah, regardless of the, you know, the reasons why he left, he still came from there. That's like, you know, I don't know, coming from a second tier Olympic team over to our national team. Yeah, dude, that's like going from the big leagues to the minor leagues. Right. Like, we are the minor league team. <laughs> We are. We're, we are. We are David going against Goliath. That's right. That's right. And we have just got a, we have gotten a ligament from Goliath on our mm-hmm, team. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really, really like his idea for hosting a weekly or a biweekly tournament. Um, and not because, you know, he says that he's going to pay for it. it. That's really not uh, what this is about. The fact that he wants to like one of our community members wants to do something that is happening on a a continuous basis for the rest of the community, I think is huge and says a lot about the type of people that were, uh, you know, conversating with while playing this game. I couldn't agree more and words can't describe it any better than you just did. So, you know, when I read this email, I was truly amazed, but our community members continue to surprise me. Um, they continue to surprise us and we're just so happy with the way it's turned out. So Matt Dexology, thank you so much for the email. 
the kind words. We're happy that you're enjoying your stay. We appreciate the fact that you joined our clan. Um, and, and we will coordinate a few tourneys coming up for the, for the community. And we can kind of get the word out there using either the podcast or Twitter or the discord. So, you know, the good thing is we now have a bunch of different venues that we can use to kind of get everybody, uh, in the loop and the website. Don't forget about that. What I actually want to do is, uh, hook up with this kid and I would like to get it so we can actually put this information on our website and we can put up like a calendar and we can make a nice graphic and we can put up a schedule so people can see when and where all those things are and all the details of each one. That is such a good idea. Yeah. And it'll go on the 20 tab. Mm-hmm. So the last email that we have is from JC who writes, hey guys, so I wanted to throw a few ideas out there that would make the game better in my opinion and see what your thoughts are. Have a global chat or some way to be able to recruit new people. Clash of Clans has this, so Supercell can clearly do this. Have tournaments cost to join instead of charging to create one. Let's say it costs you 10 gems to join a 100-person tournament. Supercell just runs an endless loop. One fills, the tournament starts, new one opens to recruit. Higher price tourneys cost more. Still have the ability to create a private tournament, but make the fee cheap or free for the person starting it. That way, clans can still run private tourneys. This, in my opinion, is a win-win. Players can join at any time, and for Supercell, it would boost sales of gems for those that tourney a lot. Right now, it's 500 gems to start a base 100-player tournament. Instead, each person paid 10 gems to join. That is 1,000 gems, and gems equals money for Supercell. Boom. Offer a number of different costs and lengths of play tournaments, and it's good to go. Number three, have the ability to clear the cards from your deck so the spaces are blank. It's a pain when you are trying to create a deck and you have cards from the previous deck showing. Maybe that's just my own pet peeve. And then the, uh, the, his fourth and final suggestion is he would like to add a specific emoji to the game, uh, but uh, in order to keep it family-friendly, we are not going to discuss it. Right, and mm-hmm. there's already enough emojis that we don't like about this game, so I don't think, don't think we can add this one well, anyway. That's true. I mean, to be fair, he was totally joking, and he actually writes that. Um, Boom. But um, honorary mention, make legendary cards a bit easier to get. I have been playing as long as you guys, and I have scored one. I have folks in my clan that have played half as long, and they have a smorgasbord of legendary cards. Alas, I digress. Anywho, thought I would share and see what your thoughts are. Thanks. Can we just go one by one on this one? Go ahead. Because I think I like them a lot. I mean, really, number one, we just kind of talked about that a little bit. I completely agree. So with number one, we talked about it just, I think it was literally the last, like maybe two, two emails ago. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, this game needs a way where we can have a global chat or something that we can search for other new people, specific individuals. That way we can find people who we know are not in clans. Because right now, if somebody is not in a clan, you cannot find them unless you're friends with them uh, via Game Center. So it's pretty silly. And there's really no reason why they can't add something in like that. Right. How do you feel about the tournaments costing nothing to us if we run them? I think that's the way it should be. I don't think that it should cost 500 gems to create a tournament. I th- because if I create a tournament, I'm not getting benefit f- from the tournament. I'm saying the word I because I'm talking, but I mean, when we create a tournament, we're creating it for the community, right? right? We're, 
when we create tournaments for the community, we're doing something for the community. We're not Mm -hmm. trying to benefit anybody but the community, right? Right. But if I'm a random person and I don't have a community, if I create a tournament, I spend 500 gems to get what? A max of 30 cards? Right. Like that's not cool to me. I'd rather spend the gems if I'm a, if I'm an individual with no community and no clan, I'd rather just spend them to get a, uh, to get a, a giant chest. Right. That's true. Actually, you know what I was thinking, what would be kind of cool? Yes, we could do it the way that, uh, you know, Jay was just talking about, but what if we did it like this, where someone posted, like, let's say I go in the tournament section and I posted that I wanted to start a a tournament and essentially it would put it up there, but like in its own kind of limbo state. And then I would go and tell like, let's say people in the clan, or I would tweet out the information and then they would go in and then they can donate gems to get it started. I like it. I love that idea. Right. I mean, so long as people who are participating in the tournaments are paying for the tournaments, I think that there will be a lot more of them. Right. And maybe there's like a threshold for how many players need to be in the tournament in order for it to start. Because you don't want people to feel like they wasted their gems to join a 20-person tournament that should have been 100. That's a very good point. And to be honest, there's probably other th- like nuances like that that we won't think about right now. Mm-hmm. But I think just in general, it's a very good concept that JC brings up. And it's something that I think would really, really benefit the, the tournament world, let's just call it. No, I completely agree. And then um, the last serious uh, one that he had was have the ability to clear cards from the deck to have blank spaces when you're making new decks. I, I don't really think that this is just him. Honestly, now that he says it, I never really realized how much it bothered me until I read it. Um, I would personally love to start with a blank slate every single time I make a new deck. Yeah, it, it, it makes it very difficult to like, I, I hear you, because I can't envision what my deck is supposed to look like when I already have a different deck in there. Right. And then you try and piecemeal it and it doesn't look like a cohesive deck and it just seems weird. Right. And then I feel like, oh, wait, where's the musketeer? Why can't I find the musketeer? Wait, where is the mus? Oh, it's already in the deck. Or you forget the last card and you forget to change out the last card. So you only really swapped seven of the eight cards out and then you're you don't realize it (laughs) and you go into a battle Mm -hmm. and you're like, wait a minute. Why do I have a yep. mortar in my deck? <laughs> yep, completely agree. So what they really should do is just put a little button on the bottom left-hand corner of the deck, you know, the wooden deck tray, yep. and just let you clear it, and it'll, conf- it'll confirm, and then it'll say, are you sure you want to clear this deck? I agree. And to be honest with you, I think in order, those are like my most, like those are like in, he wrote them in order of importance to me. Completely agree. Recruiting people is number one tournaments are number two because they have tournaments right now i think they just need to fix them right Mm -hmm. so that's why they're number two i know they're a big problem but they already have something in place whereas for the first one they didn't have it in place right and then three in order of importance is that one and he also made mention of the 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 drop rates of legendaries but you know i think we already we talk about that every episode (laughs) right and also supercell has made it clear that that's something that they're looking at in some shape or form right so we got to see what happens Mm -hmm. so that does it for emails man yeah i know they were all fantastic love Um, it and we got three itunes reviews this week yes we Um, did and the first one is from bill is king who i believe is ezra right yep the person who emailed us last week and joined my clan yeah Mm -hmm. that's so awesome so they write super awesome podcast listen to this podcast rob and joe crush it each and every week even the week's 
they're not on the air. I emailed them and even on a week off, they responded, which is awesome for me being a day one listener. So if Clash Royale you like, then Cast Royale you'll like. <laughs> it's great. That's great. People write so cleverly when they're writing to us. It's they fantastic. Really, they really do. But, but Bill slash Ezra, thank you for the kind words. We're, one, I'm happy to find out that you joined Cast Royale 1. Boom. Um, boom. But two, w- w- we appreciate the kind words and we're just happy that you love the podcast, man. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're going to try and keep pumping out the episodes and, you know, I, we, we, we truly do re- try to reply to emails as soon as we possibly can. Uh, I will be the first to admit that I am, um, uh, guilty of being behind. So <laughs> well, we're still, we're still catching up, it, but it went from 17 to 12 to six. So, right. I mean, and the 17 was when Rob was away and then right. the 12 was when, Rob was away. <laughs> or Joe is all on his own. So, I mean, Rob's leaving me out in the in the dust here. So, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I will get back to you as soon as I can, but this one I was just able to respond to. So, boom. Mm-hmm. So, the next one is from Nusoto, who writes, drop the mic, boom. Boom. Play Clash Royale, like podcasts, chew up sparkies like bacon, <laughs> then look no further. Love the pod and can't wait for every new episode. <laughs> That's awesome. This sounds like a very classy infomercial. That's exactly what I thought of. Right? Like play Clash Royale, like podcasts, chew up sparkies like bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. We should make a little infomercial for, for an episode one time. I love when the reviews that we get are very fun to read. They are fun. They are. Most of them are so fun. But uh, Nusoto, seriously, thank you so much for um, leaving this five-star review. Uh, I, or I should say a five-star mini infomercial. Infomercial, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, we really appreciate it, dude. Boom. Boom. And then the last one is from Zom Blaster, which sounds like the guy that's going to go out and take out every zombie during our zombie apocalypse from Lewis. And by the way, if we are going to the zombie apocalypse, I am mm-hmm. bringing this guy with me. Oh, you have to. You because have to. I need him there to live. Yeah. And uh, Zom Blaster writes, boom, hog rider. I've never been much of a podcaster. But Rob and Joe have created something so fun and entertaining that I am now a religious listener. I must say, though, joining the Cast Royale slash Cast Royale 2 clans has proven to be harder than getting to the legendary arena. (laughs) Someday I shall reach the godly arena known as Cast Royale, and then in parentheses, 2. This is incredible. (laughs) You know, a lot of people have asked us if we're going to create a third clan. And we've put a lot of thought into it, but we still haven't really settled on a no. We're, 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 we're probably leaning more towards not right now. Not right now. And mm-hmm. I, it's just, it's very difficult to manage the two clans by ourselves. <laughs> right. Throwing a third one on top of that might be a little bit more difficult. So uh, we hear you, Zomblaster, loud and clear. Um, but we just have to make sure that we're ready to, create another clan but in the meantime we appreciate the kind words we're so happy that we've converted you from a non-podcaster to a religious podcast listener that's amazing because that is so cool (laughs) um and i'm assuming based on his review that he is in the legendary arena if getting into our clans is harder than getting into the legendary arena yeah i would i would say so it sounds like he made it there 
So congrats to you, sir. You've you've blasted a couple of zombies out of your way, and Boom. you've you've plowed them into the legendary arena. Boom. <laughs> um, and the only other thing that I'll add to that, because that was wonderful as always. Obviously, we would love to have you in the clan, but in the meantime, please make sure you join our Discord because you can talk to us and you can yes. talk to everybody else in the clan as well as every other listener that joined. Join the Discord. Everybody join the Discord. <laughs> so that pretty much does it for our reviews. Um, if you would like to leave us an iTunes review, please do so. Um, you can do it on the computer using iTunes, uh, PC or Mac. You can do it on your iPhone using the podcast application or the little iTunes application um, or the iTunes application. I believe there is a way to review podcasts on Google, but we don't really see those, Mm, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, And if you listen to the podcast on Overcast, be sure to recommend each episode because that helps as well. Um, But if you do want to leave an iTunes review, uh, keep in mind that it is the number one way that you can help us reach more people. Um, It helps us rise up in the search ranks. That's right. And uh, this week, we did not have any Patreons or patrons. Um, But if you like what we do and you want to help support uh, us and help us continue to deliver new content and kind of maintain the server costs that we have, um, feel free to check out our website at castroutpodcast.com slash Patreon. We do offer some pretty cool rewards for people who do um, support us. So be sure to check that out. Yeah, and our uh, our patron um, our patron Facebook group uh, is really getting roaring now. Yeah, they are, especially with all the new up with all the new balance changes and updates that have been coming out. It's like a meteor hit it. I know. I it's it's definitely a lot of fun. I feel like I have a secondary Discord now. I know, right? Mm-hmm. And we didn't get any PayPal sponsorships or donations this week. Um, but if you do want to help sponsor a tournament for the community. You can do so by going to our website, and there is also a link in the show notes. Boom. Boom. And as always, you can reach out to us on Twitter using the handle at Podcast Royale. And if you would like to have your email read on the air, please email us at feedback at castroyalepodcast.com. And finally, don't forget, we still do have our survey up and running. We are getting a lot of awesome feedback from everybody. If you have a couple of minutes to spare, The link is in the show notes. Please help us answer those questions. Help us get responses and help us tailor the show to keep delivering you fresh, awesome, new, and relevant information for you. Boom. Exactly. And with all of that said, do it. Until next time. Do it. Every time. Every time. (laughs) Until next time, get ready for a hodgepodge. It, of everything. A Gallimafri of everything. Woo! Woo! <laughs> All right, guys, see you. Bye. Bye. Bye.